Hello world, you're tuned in to another episode of the Hinted Neuron Podcast. I'm Kevin Pascal, your host, and I want to apologize for being away from the podcast for a long time. I think that um, you know there's so much going on, so I've only been able to release just this be my second episode for the year. And you know, I think it's since April or February I last released an episode. That was because I been doing more writing on my website, doing staying away and you know reflecting, writing essays and thoughts on my website. So I think that for me, the preferred channel of communicating what I've been thinking is through my website right now. So when I have really something really important to say, I decide to record a podcast instead. So I um, want to appreciate people who keep listening, sending messages, asking where my next episode will be out. So here's one for you. I hope you enjoy this episode, by the way. I'll be speaking with Inkem. Inkem is a writer, a creator, an artist. She does photography. She does dancing, writing. She has this website with like a community of writers and Wellspring Words. And I think they do a really amazing job helping women of color and, you know, people in general connecting, writing and with her podcast as well. So I had a conversation with her about writing, breeding ideas and more living in general. So I, I really enjoyed the conversation. It was a calm one. I, and I hope you do too. So if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share. Leave a five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify. Follow on Spotify. And also share my podcast, you know, if you find it useful. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, don't forget to reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Hinted Neuron. And now, here's my conversation with Inkem Chukumiriji. Hello, I'm here with Inkem. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, um, so I like to do this thing where my guests talk about themselves for a few minutes, maybe one. Just talk about who you are and what you're doing right now. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Nkem. Uh, how do I introduce myself? I think I, I can say that I'm an artist. I've been an artist since I was born, since I was a child. And um, these days, that art is really manifesting itself through writing and through the teaching of writing, uh, through poetry. I'm having so much fun with poetry these days. But I've been a writing teacher, a writing coach for 10 years. And I just found a lot of purpose and a lot of pleasure in supporting people in their own creative expression through words, words as a conduit, right? Like not necessarily words as the end all be all, but just as a way to take us from feeling and experiencing through the transmission of that and into sharing meaning. And yeah, I am a dancer, I'm a musician, and I just love everything that has to do with creating something from nothing. I think that's the easiest way to kind of introduce myself. I'm also a, a very avid traveler. I think even saying that I'm, a, I'm an avid traveler doesn't really cut it. doesn't really tell the full story because it just, it feels more easy for me to kind of be on the go than to be settled in one place. But that's, that's my own challenge, right? Like that's something that I have the opportunity to learn from in this life where I think some other people may be, um, find it easier to be in one place. And then the constant change and constant movement is something that they learn from. So I've been yeah. on a nomadic journey for, um, for about a year and some change now, kind of just moving around and doing my own thing. But I've lived outside of my home country, um, the U.S. for five years. And it, I mean, it's, it's nomadic in a sense, but I was kind of just moving around from from job, moving for jobs and moving from different institutions. And then I left that kind of life and I was like, well, I'm just going to kind of move around on my own, but let's see what the journey has to offer. I think that's the biggest thing in this life. Let's see what yeah. it has to offer. Yeah. I, I, I think that's really beautiful and, and adventurous. So, but I, I wasn't really on, I, I was not planning on starting here, but since you opened up Pandora's box, so um, like a yeah. few weeks ago, was it last week? I, I, I was talking to a friend, he, he writes poetry. He writes a lot of poetry. I think he's, he's, he's one of the most consistent people I, I know. He, he writes like every day. And mm -hmm. 
so I, I had this conversation with, with him where we're talking about um, how writing style or the stories that we have to tell through writing or through poetry might change based on, you know, the environment to find ourselves, the, pe- the new people we would meet, the mm-hmm. new places we would be to, and, you know, the new weather, the new culture. I, 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 I tend to obsess about the new things I'll write or, you know, we, we're just ha- talking about what new things we'll see that will trigger new writings for us. So I, I yeah. think that you might be like a perfect person to talk about that with. How do you think that your writing has changed based on traveling, being in different places, seeing different people and experiencing different things? Yeah, that's such a good question. Thank you for that. Um, and it's such it's an opportunity for me to do some reflection on it too. Um, so my my journey with writing specifically and really deepening into my own expression through writing started last year. Before that, I was just teaching writing. So it was just like I learned to teach. I learned to teach, not necessarily practicing it myself. And I discovered, oh, whoa! When you practice, when you embody these things that you're teaching, it's a whole different experience of life. So when I started writing for myself. I started in Mex- when I was in Mexico the first time around. I'm in Mexico right now, but the first time around when I was in Mexico in a different location. Mm. And at that place, time in my life and everything, there was like this newness. I was feeling this energy of just like flowing and being in the vibration of everything. And just, you know, my heart was open. Everything was open. I was in a new journey and I was by the water and, you know, it was, that was the, so my writing reflected that I wrote so much about the ocean. I wrote so much about flow. I think like the term flow is life just kept coming across because I just felt like it was, and I still feel like it is. And then I moved to, um, Portugal for a few months earlier this year. And my writing of course changed because it was a different environment totally different environment where I was, I was in Porto. So it was a city environment now. And it's the country has a lot of negative history, a lot of traumatic history. So I felt that in my bones, I felt it psychically. I felt it emotionally. Although I didn't, I couldn't really articulate exactly what I was feeling until the end, but that really made its way into my poetry specifically because I'm putting together a couple of poetry collections. And when I look at the poems that I select for one of the collections from that time in Portugal, they're so dark and like deep and so cynical. Mm -hmm. And so I won't say angry because they don't give me that anger feeling. They give me the feeling that if I were to like tap a little harder, then we would get down to anger. But at the surface or like where I wrote from was a place of cynicism and just kind of like um, being irritated and being annoyed and frustrated. And then I I came back to Mexico where I am now. And it's just very different. It's like there's obviously that flow because right now I'm by the, the water again. So there's that flow, but it's almost as though I've taken the learnings from that period of, of deepness and darkness and, and fear and, and cynicism and anger and solitude, so much solitude when I was in Europe and brought it to my experiences here. So it feels like the flow that I'm feeling just is more nurturing and nourishing and grounding. Whereas before it was kind of like this playful, let's enjoy life kind of thing. So I absolutely yeah. agree that you, your writing and your expression changes or can change depending on your environment. But I think that is kind of relative to how open you are to allowing yourself to be present in the moment in your given emotional state, in your given psychic state, in your given physical state. If you're not trying to manipulate or form a situation to be a certain kind of way or control it, if, you know, I think that you can really get a lot from, from just being present and allowing things to come through in whatever given state you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was really um, well put together. And um, it, it got me thinking about like, there's something you said about solitude. Mm-hmm. I, I, I usually take um, these breaks of solitude myself. So when I want to really do a large proportion of work when, um, and I just want to be alone and do stuff. But do you think that, um, is in the solitude itself that the ideas come or is just this, um, 
large amount of ideas that you've had before that you are now trying to put it together in solitude? I think, mm. I, I don't know if I asked that question well. Like, um, I think I understand if I, yeah. if I can like mirror what you're saying and you tell me if I yeah. got it right. Like, yeah. um, in a period of solitude, is that when the inspiration comes because now there's space to receive it? Or is it that I've always yeah. had this inspiration and now because I have a chance to really be present and be, you know, yeah. silent, then it's that I can, then I can receive it. Not that yeah, it's exactly. new, but it's always been there. Did I get yeah, that right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's both, to be honest. I really think it's both. I think, um, that the inspiration is always hitting. And sometimes when my mind is kind of, it's got a lot of things going on, a lot of like the mundane and administrative life stuff, then some of the inspiration just kind of gets muddled in that. And I don't take it for what it is. I don't take it as an insight. It's just like another thought. And maybe I don't even think that it's mine. I think that it's just come from something that I've consumed around me. So I don't really pay attention to it. But when I'm in a more clear state or in an experience of solitude, then I, I just take it more seriously. I'm like, Oh, that's a message. <laughs> I have to write that down, yeah. you know? So I, I think it's, but what is it like for you? What do you think? Yeah. I, 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 I think it, it combines with something I also wanted to talk about because, um, I feel like most times I, I go through this stage of, um, when I see something, I, I struggle with putting it, um, articulating it. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I tell myself I'm a lazy writer because I, 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 it's like, I, I start writing in my head for so long before I actually write anything down on, you know, a computer mm. or a paper. So I, in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm constructing sentences for a very long time, writing all the things I want to write. Of course, I'll forget a lot of things, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just keep, you know, taking in stuff, um, changing it, twisting it to based on how I'm receiving it. And then when I find like a perfect time, probably when I'm alone or when I start to pay attention, it's like, there's so much stuff that I see or I hear or I read and I'm not really paying attention until it probably hits me. And those, um, my moment of attention is when I'm really alone and not talking with people or not um, being stimulated by any other thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, as I, I was asking my friend one time that do people actually sit down and, you know, you know, like a job where you have to show up every day and tell themselves, I must write today. I have to write or they have, they actually have to wait till when something is really interesting to them. Because I think that I, I've never really seen writing as, a job where I have to show up for it, that it has to actually hit me first. That mm. even if I try, I try so much, I feel like the words are not yet ready to come out of me. Or me sometimes I'll feel like maybe I'm not the right person to tell this story or pass this message. You know, I, I sometimes I will take three months to write something, you know, but sometimes it turns out really good when it comes out after maybe that long amount of wait. Because mm-hmm. I can't actually just sit down to force myself to write it until it's ready. So I want to talk about yeah. that and like, you know, that writing process. Ooh, oh my gosh. There's so much in that. Ugh, so much, so much, so much. Like as you're explaining that it, these visuals were coming to my mind of like my own writing process, the ones of people who I haven't worked with, but who I've been in writing community with. And then also like the students that I have or the the clients that I have and everyone's is very different. Like everyone's writing process is very different. I think the best way to do it is, is to be intuitive, to be connected to your own intuition, which is to say, you know, when it's going to be right for you to transmit a message. But I also think it has something to do with our beliefs around our own creative process, not just the writing process, the creative process in general, because I I really try to look at writing as just a conduit of, of transmitting energy. It's just transmitting messages that you receive from the spirit or you receive from ancestry, you receive from your own experience, your lived experience, like processing things and it now coming through in a certain type of insight. And now you have to bring that out of you into the world. How do you do it? Some people do it through 
um, through writing. Some people do it through dance. Some people do it through cooking. Some people do it through painting, through different modes of art, through creating things in technology. Like there are different ways to transmit that message. But writing is just one of those. And if we are able to take writing as that a vehicle rather than the end all be all and like, okay, I have to write, I have to produce writing because I'm a writer. Then I just think it gives us more space. And that means that if we want to set a date with ourselves to write something every day, then we don't have to write a full length novel every day. When we sit down, we don't have to write a 4,000 word essay with resources and citations included every time when we sit down every day, that's just a lot of pressure. Sometimes if it's like, instead of I need to write today, I need to transmit what messages are within today. Then you sit down and you just write and you let it be what it is and then have the editing process after. But then there's also the situation where we're, we're working on a project, right? Because that's a different story. Like when you're yeah. in an intuitive process and you're letting information flow through, it's beautiful. And I think it's super necessary, especially when it comes to accessing your, your creative potential and your creative power. But when you're actually working on a project, like right now I've got two poetry collections and one novel that I'm writing. I've been writing this novel since last September. I just gave myself a year to write it. So I'll finish it in the summer. But like... I can't sit down to my novel, especially, which I was just working on before we got on this, on this recording. I can't sit down to my novel and say, what message do I want to transmit today necessarily? Because there's a storyline that I have to follow. You know, yeah. there's like character development that I'm working through and I'm hoping to meet some sens- sensible or sensical like message at the end of it or through it. And maybe through it, there are some messages that I want to deliver, but they're not as priority as the storyline. So in that case, it's like, I do need to have some structure when it comes to my own writing process, my own creative process. And because I'm an artist holistically, I find that everything that I do really supports whatever I create. So if I'm working on this novel, for instance, and I know that, you know, the characters in my novel are representing different parts of me, it really behooves me to develop these different parts of me so that intrinsically my characters are developed. So when I write my characters, I'm not writing based on a place of like this surface level, this character would do this in this situation, if this, if that conditional, whatever it's because I do it because I've tapped into that part of me and I already do it. So I'm writing from a place of this intrinsic knowing. I mean, it's kind of nuanced, right? Because it's very specific to like my characters, my own story, what I'm writing about and my own journey with writing. But I think that's just to say like, it can really look different for if you have a project, if you're, if you're writing or expressing just to tap into your creativity um, and what you hope to do, who you hope to be as a creator, as a writer. Yeah. I, 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 I resonate so much what you're saying, and you know, I, but I have a question. Do you have you know moments of doubt where maybe you're working on something and you start to question if you're like the right person to tell this story or the right person to write this? Mm, no, I don't. Um, I hmm, that kind of doubt never showed up for me. That kind of doubt, that particular kind of, am I the right person to do this? Never, I've never experienced that one because I assume that if it's, if I'm writing it, then I'm the one supposed to be writing it. The other the yeah. kind of doubt that would show up for me in the past was like, um, and maybe it's, maybe it's, it's the same thing, just seen differently, but like, what am I even saying? You know, cause my surface level life looked very different than the way that I would write. So, um, it was kind of like, do I, it, yeah, I guess it's kind of like, should I even be writing like this? Do I have access to this kind of information for real? Or am I, am I just acting? Am I acting yeah. as if I'm like, you know, insightful and deep and have all this wisdom and, yeah. and whatnot. But it's like, if it's coming through, then you have it, you know, you can't act, you can't act, you can't make that up. Like if it's there, then you have it. I, I don't know what else to say. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the, the reason I asked that question is because, um, because I'm actually like a software developer. That's what mm-hmm. I do. And, uh, you know, I'm just leaning into more writing these days, poetry, 
developing yeah. characters for things I want to write and more essays. And because I think, um, I think I've been writing for just short pieces before, but I, I just discovered that, you know, a lot of what I'm thinking about and a lot of what I've, I've not archived would get lost if I don't start, you know, taking this seriously. And I think yeah. it's, um, it's based on, is even, that's like something I just, um, released recently. I was talking about how much human wit, humor, um, and humor and knowledge is wasted because people don't write what they're thinking about. Right. Because they feel like they are not writers. You know, I, I, I wouldn't blame, I wouldn't call myself a writer because, um, maybe I'm not qualified enough or because, um, it's not my background or, you know, that kind of thing. So. You know, I, that, that is why sometimes I just have those doubts that, oh, am I really qualified to, you know, write like this? And then mm-hmm. when I, I see myself, you know, trying to construct a sentence and I don't like the sentence because I think when it comes to writing, I, I, I would say I have a very high standard because I, I've read all these amazing works by really good writers. I've read yeah. really good writing and I see how you know, the grammar style, the, the, just the style and the way the sentences are being constructed, the crispness of the essays or the stories, just very concise. And right. I want to write like that too, but maybe it's not coming at that moment. It's not coming the way I want it to come out because I, I, just, I feel like maybe the sentence is too bland or the sentence is too flat, you know, so sometimes mm-hmm. I just have those doubts. Mm. And it, it it makes sense why you have the doubts, especially if you're coming from a place of, you know, engaging with people's writing in that way and building it up in your mind to be this kind of benchmark. I mean, I, yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, there are so many things that go into how standards are created in our societies, especially when it comes to language standard or, yeah, writing standard. I mean, one of the questions I have is like, if someone were to publish one of your pieces tomorrow, would that make you a writer? Mm. Would you consider yourself a writer? If someone were to come and say, Hey, I really like this piece. I want to publish it on my website. I want to publish it in my journal. Would you consider yourself Um, a writer then? I mean, that's just one work, you know, because if I'm, if I'm really comparing it to maybe like, um, software when I write a piece of one code and I put it out I don't know whether I'll start calling myself um, a software engineer at that moment but okay. I, <laughs> I I don't know yeah. what I'll call myself but I'll just tell I'll, maybe I'll just say I'm, I'm, I'm someone who writes someone who writes but not necessarily a writer <laughs> like it's not the identity <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense I mean the nuances are, I think are important because it's like uh, I just, I feel really passionate specifically about this. It's the way that language is used. And even in grammar, if we think of grammar, not as just a set of rules that we need to adhere to. And if we are able to adhere to specific grammar rules and specific type of language, then that makes us good. And if we're not able to adhere, we put the comma in the, ro- in the wrong place, we misuse a semicolon and a hyphen, then that makes us bad. And so yeah. it's either this black or white. But if we start thinking about grammar as language, the same way that letters strung together to make words, strung together to make sentences, to you know evoke meaning is language, then it gives us so much more room to be authentic with what we're trying to say, like what we're trying to transmit. So for instance, if we know the function of a period, just for example, the function of a period versus the function of a semicolon versus the function of a comma, right? Like we know a period is a full stop. After the period, the next sentence is like, is generally related to the previous sentence because they're right next to each other, but they're going to be more related if it's a semicolon and they're going to be even more related those clauses. If it's a, it's a, if it's a comma and a comma is is a pause and a semicolon is a bit of a longer pause and a period, a full stop is an even longer pause. So if you're writing something and you mean to lay emphasis on a certain, you know, topic aspect or clause of what you're saying, then you get to choose what kind of emphasis you want to lay based on if you're going to use a period, a semicolon or a comma. 
And that doesn't have to do with how would they do it in English grammar, Oxford, whatever, whatever. That has to do with what am I trying to say and how do I want to get that meaning across? And I think yeah. that's what makes us feel more comfortable being authentic in sharing our, our information, whether through poetry or prose, academic or personal, whatever it is. It makes us more comfortable when we're able to understand how exactly we want to use the tools that we have, which is the words, which is the grammar, which is whatnot. But when it comes to like some of this uh, more academic style writing or people, yeah, who just have this very crisp way of writing, um, uh, many people, especially like, not everybody, I can't say everybody, but ghostwriting is a thing, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) People, People get their stuff written by other people, which is to say that someone is still writing that. Someone still has, um, still has the ability to put these things together, but there's usually a team when it comes to publishing, there's a team, there's your, your writer, then you have your editor, then you have copy editor, you know, line editor. So a lot of things get changed in the mix. And so what you begin with is not necessarily what you end with. And so the beginning process may just feel and look like something a little bit more helter skelter, but fine, I'm just going to get my ideas down there and then I'll let the next person in the, in the chain of command do their job. Um, but but then another thing that's coming to mind here that might be helpful for some people who feel anxiety when it comes to writing and can I even like do this full time is like this idea that some written work that is potentially written by a whole team of people is attributed to just one person who has like maybe a really you know, this big following or seems like a, the person that is just so smart and so, and, and it could be that, you know, there are many cases that it's completely the truth. One person who is that person who is just very smart and, you know, capable intellectually and um, with language and with their poeticism happens to write everything and, and puts it out perfectly. But I'm just thinking in terms of mass media, the kind, you know, let's just be aware that it's not always what it seems. And yeah. the, the primary thing is that if your works of, of written art don't have meaning, don't have story, don't have any type of sensible structure, they're not going to last. Like it's not going to hold, you know? So I think really just coming back to those core things beyond how everything is supposed to look and feel in its final touches is super important. And then the final touches can come with time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that makes a whole lot of sense, you know, and it puts things into, it, it really simplifies things a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah. I, I want to talk about your work with Wellsprings, but before I do, I think there's just one inquisitive question I wanted to ask. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's this, there's this trope of, um, of people being good writers or people being good creatives, you know, many kind of creation when they are really going through some sad moments in their life and like mm-hmm. sadness brings out your best work. What, what do you think about that trope? <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I feel like if you're if you're someone who's inclined that way, then then yeah, it works. But not everybody is inclined that way, you know. Um, I I use astrology a lot in the way that I work with people and the way that I live life because I it just resonates so much with me and helps me to feel validated and helps me to not feel weird when I'm doing things that other people, I don't see other people doing because it's just my design. But I think um, when it comes to sadness, I can only speak from my experience, right? When it comes to sadness and being melancholy or just being, being emotionally sensitive, I could say, I do feel an inclination towards inspiration because um, it at that in those moments my psychic awareness is very sensitive so i'm sensing things around me that i can't see i'm sensing the vibrations that i can't see and so my mind is already making connections between things poetic connections between things that if i were just like in a really happy state, very super conscious in this human existence, maybe I wouldn't see because I'm too focused on something else. I'm just there shining my teeth to the world. Hey, everybody, what's up? But like in those moments where I'm just in solitude, then the inner 
you know, shadows are coming up and the sun is, is, is now not looking like the sun. The sun is looking like a ray of illumination that has come to deliver me from this ghastly whatever. And it becomes now a poetic thing rather than just the sun in the sky because of what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally allow it. I think it's beautiful for me. It's been incredibly healing to allow myself to express while I'm in these places and to be inspired, to know that inspiration is and only need to come when I'm feeling bright because there was a lot of pressure on always feeling happy and we're human beings, right? So that's not always the case. But then there's the other side of it where it's like um, protracting a negative experience because we want to <laughs> yeah. create, you know? <laughs> we just want to yeah. be in a creative state. So we think that we only need to be able to create when we're in a negative experience or our poetry only ever always needs to be about trauma and heartbreak and the things we can't get over and all of this stuff. And I mean, we don't need to say it, but that's awful. That's, we can't live like that, yeah. you know? So I, I do think that there's an opportunity here for us to learn to um, find the poetry, find the magic in life through the bright experiences without it being corny or cheesy. I think people are kind of scared of that too. Like if I just write about the sun shining on my chest and it feeling so good, like, Who's going to relate to that? And isn't that going to be so corny and cheesy? I think we can, we can find ways. Absolutely. What do you think? I, yeah, I, it's something I was thinking about a lot last year because I think that I, I, I've not really had a lot of, you know, bad experiences so much in my my life, but you know, last year was one of those years that really hit me. (laughs) And so I, 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 I saw that, you know, you know, that all that sadness, there was just this urge to write the whole time. I just leave what I'm doing before I know it. I've, I've written 2000 words because of that was just all I was thinking about, you know, how, how my sadness was growing in me. I know because I meditate a lot. And so I, yeah. I tend to be very conscious of, um, every, you know, not every, not, not everything, but what I'm thinking and how I'm acting. Yeah. On those thoughts. So I, 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 I was writing a lot about, you know, those experiences, writing essays to people that hurt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> writing letters, sure. just, you know, writing a lot of stuff. Actually, I was just like writing, writing poems, writing essays, writing letters. And I think that, you know, to a large extent, I, I, I don't know if I would have able to, I would have been able to do that if I was not in that state. I don't know, but I, I think that, um, much of what I've written this year, you know, it's really happy stuff. You know, people can relate to it. People say it's good. They like it a lot, but, um, there is still like that touch of, you know, what I experienced last year. I, 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 in general, I'm a happy person. You know, I will say that I, 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 I don't like to, um, I don't like to make myself feel sad or just, you know, be in that mood of depression because I want to create something. But I still yeah. see that I've, I've, you know, I, if I compare what I've written this year to last year, you know, I would generally say that I was, you know, I was creating, writing so much stuff last year. And I think I was more focused. I don't know whether it was the, um, it was the, sadness that you know made my mind really sharp and mm. i don't know but i i was more focused than you know this year i think i've become a little complacent i only write when when the times are good as, as opposed mm. to maybe every evening or something like that yeah yeah no i feel you um yeah it's i mean what what i hear from you is kind of like, I know this feels like a maturity when it comes to how you, yeah, allowed yourself to just express when you're in those darker moments, even if they weren't very often. And just like, it's, it's, it's a very healthy thing to do to allow yourself to express and then to also have the self-discipline to know not to go too far. Um, but also this on a, like separate note about like writing every evening or not being complacent when it comes to your writing. I think there's also an energy channel that we're able to be in 
when we just like allow ourselves to be inspired, even if it's just for a few lines in the evening. I had this moment yesterday, in fact, because I have all these different journals and one of them is my my journaling, my diary journal. And sometimes I don't want to write my diary journal because I don't feel like going that deep. You know, I just feel like, I feel like going deep, but I feel like going deep for a creative purpose rather than for diving into my inner stuff purpose. Not, it's not every day that I like to do that. But yesterday I was like, you know, I think, I think I should just reflect on some stuff but I didn't want to write a full page. I didn't even want to write half a page. So I just allowed like a couple of lines. And so I'm just going to give it a couple of lines because I, I really, I want to, I want to put some thoughts together here. So mind, spirit, body, do what you have to do. Put some thoughts together and help me out because that's what I want right now. I'm not going to just let it be. And so I bullied myself into it sort of, but I came up with some really beautiful lines that I know when I read it back, I will just be like, well, I wonder where I was in that mental moment, you know, which will be really cool because a lot of the other entries are so detailed and so, you know, almost like scripting and, and just very different. But because I still want to be part of that energetic current where I'm just allowing inspiration to come through, it's no longer using me. I'm like in a conversation with it, you know? And I think we can do that once we get away from this notion that like, I don't know, this very transactional way of creating or writing. It's like, yeah, like, only when I feel happy, I'm going to do it. Or only, only if then, then kind of, you know, rather than, oh no, but it's always, it's always around me. If I pull out my phone to write a note, I can make it poetic. If I just want to write what I want to buy in the store, I can write it like that. Or I can make it poetic because I have that, I have access to that all the time, you know, or I can, I can, I'm saying poetic because I'm using that as a kind of a metaphor for all types of creative conjuring, um, not just for po- poetry, not just for written poetry, but just for creative conjuring in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's brilliant. So um, I, I think something, that, something else I wanted to ask is like um, for maybe independent writers or me, like yourself, when, how do you know that, um, you know, something is done, this is ready to be shared with people because I, I, I usually have that problem where I, I, I tend to collect sentences a lot. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, collecting sentences. Sometimes I just think of a really beautiful sentence and I just write yeah. it down. And yeah. I, it could not be a fully developed paragraph, just sentences I'm just writing down and, you know, I'm stringing mm-hmm. them together. And, you know, there's something that I'm forming there, but I, I actually don't know if it's right to be shared at this moment. How do you know that oh, this is, ready to be seen by other people? Ooh, it's layered. Because on one aspect, it's about, do you believe that you should be seen, that people should be seeing you, that you're worthy of being seen? That's one very mm-hmm. deep aspect of it. Another aspect is, is the message as clear as it, as it needs to be? Because people are going to interpret things in their own way. But if you have, for as much control as you have over other people's interpretation, have you given this piece all that you can give it? If that makes sense, you know? Um, And then another thing is, do you feel like it's ready? Not like, do you, do you know, or there's a knowing, but not like the mental knowing based on some standard, but like, do you feel intuitively that it's done? I want to end here. I'm stopping here. But stopping and sharing, you know, stopping the, the writing and the piece being finished and the piece being ready to share with other people are two kind of different things. But um, <clears throat> I'd love for us as a collective of creators and writers to really, because I know a lot of people experience anxiety. And as you said, like just have this backlog of all this, me, me included, um, backlog of all this beautiful stuff that we are collecting for what, for who, <laughs> <laughs> for who, if we're not going to share it, you know, it's beautiful for us to just be in our own essence and to remember what we've done, but that's short lived. Cause it's like, yeah, I've done that, but then that's it, it just lives there, you know? Um, so if we can kind of close the gap between this piece is complete to this piece is ready to being shared, I think that would really help us all feel more confident in our creative power. Punto, period. Like not as yeah. creators or writers or designers that people have to come and validate and say, yes, you're worthy of my attention. But I am a creative being. I am a creative, powerful 
human being in this world because of what I'm able to create. And this work is done and now it's ready to be seen because once we move away from that gestation period and we've birthed the work, it needs to go out into the world. If a child always stays at home and never, they don't develop, they don't develop, they don't get a chance to actually be in the world. It's the same thing with our creations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I, I really love how you put that. It's, it's, it's really, really amazing. Uh, <laughs> I I want to talk about your work with um, your work on Wellsprings. I, I, I went to your website. I By the way, I really love the color and the fonts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think it's nice. I was, I was reading some poetry on your website, your personal website. So I, 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 I like the font and the color. I. <laughs> And it was was that Thank intentional? Um, um, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't intentional. Like on my my conscious mind when I was creating, I just wanted for Wellspring words. Um, yeah, it wasn't really in, like consciously con- intentional. I just wanted to create something because Wellspring words is is a community platform which houses you know it has a digital anthology that houses the words and expressions of women of color but then it also has a podcast and we have writing workshops and uh, f- writing fellowship program and submissions contests and all types of stuff so because other people were going to be a part of it i felt like what would make people feel i don't know i just felt like what what looked nice right it what felt nice what felt calming but it, the word calming didn't come until someone told me like 6 months after i i created it that the color scheme and everything is very calming to the nervous system. So I was like, I'm gonna go with that. That sounds good. And yeah. it, I think it is. I think it, when you go on the site, you feel, Oh, I'm safe here. You know, like this is not yeah. jarring. There's nothing that's popping out at me. And, and I didn't want to do ads or many pop-ups or anything like that because it just, it takes away from, we're already on the computer, which is like <laughs> not great for our eyes and everything. <laughs> yeah. So like if, or, or on a screen, you know, so might as well make it nice. But for my personal website by, by co. Um, that one, I just want, I really just initially wanted it to be different in theme and everything and color and whatnot from Wellspring Words because it's personal. So if somebody were to follow a link on Wellspring Words to my personal page, then it wouldn't look like they wouldn't be confused. Like they would know like this yeah, is clearly yeah. someone else's personal stuff. And I don't even write for Wellspring Words anymore. When I first started, I was writing for it because I also, you know, was getting a feel of it and everything and was part of the community in a different way. But then I just said, let me write for my own stuff. And then I will curate writers and everything for Wellspring Words. Are you planning to do maybe prints anytime in the future? I think that would be lovely. I think that would be so cool. Right now, it's like the second, this June is like, I guess this month would be the second year anniversary. So maybe by year five, I think in order to do that physical stuff, I just need to be settled myself. I can't be nomading. I I, I don't want that headache. So (laughs) when I'm somewhere that I can like actually house stuff, I think it'd be amazing to have a print volume or volumes. I think that would be so cool. Okay, so um, for people who are listening to this podcast, maybe like you said is um, the Wellspring is like um, primarily for women of color. Yeah. So probably people who are listening to this could, you know, if they have something to share, they could reach out. Yeah. So Wellspring Words is, like I said, well, it's a wellness through writing platform altogether. So there's multiple components and the one of the primary components is the digital anthology where people submit their writing and undergo very intimate developmental editing process. If there is like significant editing that needs to be done because I'm a a writing teacher and coach at my core and my training, I, I, I really like the process of working with writers on their expression, on their words. And because the nature of the pieces are so intimate and so deep, sometimes it's the first time that people are even Mm -hmm. sharing a story, you know, like they haven't ever talked about something that really made them feel a certain way or some certain kind of trauma. And now they're having the opportunity to express it. And so they use Wellspring Words as a platform. And yeah, I I really like it to feel like, okay, I've got your back, you know, like your message is important. So let's take it through um, a developmental edit to make sure that comes through instead of just being like, you know, accepted or rejected. I just feel like it's kind of cold. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. So when it comes to, yeah, um, that's the only part that's really exclusive for women of color. And then when it comes to the other parts of it, the, the workshops, the, uh, the podcast and the fellowship program and everything is really open to everyone. Although people use their discretion, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have, um, you know, people who want to submit pieces of writing and because that writing is really sentimental, they have sentimental connections to what they've written. So they are not really open to editing because they feel like maybe this, this piece of work is their baby and they don't want it to be changed a lot. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple, a uh, couple situations like that. And it always helps me to understand why somebody doesn't want something to be edited. If it's just like not responding to, you know, my emails or not making changes. And, you know, I know all of the edits are suggestions because um, people maintain their autonomy and their authorship but there's still a certain kind of standard <clears throat> for the platform. So the suggestions are, are strongly suggested and they're not coming out of any desire to change somebody's, to change somebody's meaning or take anything away from them. It's because I'm trying to amplify the message. So if I come with that intention, you know, like I feel like maybe this could be shifted and changed while making some different suggestions based on amplifying the message it seems you're trying to tell. And someone just is like, no, I don't want to do that that's not good enough for me as an editor. I need to know why you don't, you're not okay with that. And if you tell me that, you know, like you're really holding on to the way that this, like this is expressed in this particular way because it means a certain kind of thing to you and changing that would really hurt you. Then that gives me something to work with because then I can empathize because yeah. I know what's going on. It's not just a brick wall. And then also maybe we can find a way to have a middle ground. I have so much knowledge and vocabulary and ways to string things together to, to, you know, to make sense in so many different kinds of ways. So if I can come up with something that helps to suit someone else's desire to maintain a certain kind of meaning or sentence structure or whatever, um, that also suits me, then I think that's perfect. Or yeah, maybe, maybe there's, I have to acquiesce, you know, and leave that thing because at the end of the day, it's their writing and it's not meant, not every, I can't transform every piece of writing into my own voice in a way that makes me feel comfortable. It's their writing. So um, yeah, it's kind of case by case. And uh, I have to always remember as an editor to, to be objective not at, you know, like I can't take it as my own work. Sometimes I want to do that, but it, as a writer, as a, as an artist, and then as an editor, it's completely different because the writer artist part of me is totally the, the feminine side, feeling flowy and empathizing and wanting to be part of someone else's work and see myself in it. And then the, the more masculine side is the editing, you know, trying to make things make sense. Um, it's, it's two different parts of me that are working. So I have to make sure that I'm operating, operating in one side fully when it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that makes sense. So I, I usually ask these two last questions before on the podcast. Everybody on this podcast gets to answer these questions. Just two questions. Um, the first one is if you are given a platform to speak to everybody in the world right now, what would you want the world to know? What would you tell them? Ooh, I would say, that people should be shaking their ass a little bit more. <laughs> do, do I need to explain? I mean, just shake your ass more. It's fun. And it makes things, it just makes things more, less serious, more fun, less serious. And it's really good for you. It's good for your spine. You know, it's good for your reproductive area. It's good for your body. It's just good for your emotions. It's good for everything. Shake your ass a little bit more. Just dance a little bit more. Yeah, I hope they get that message. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> my, my last question is, um, what's the meaning of life? Hmm. Love. It's love. Meaning of life is yeah. love. Seek love in everything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd written um, an essay after my experience in Portugal and it's called love as a sacred practice. Um, and it's really about like any instance of hate that 
I experience, see, receive, or give. It's really just a call to return back to love. It's not a call to go forward. This is not the new the new way of moving in life through hate and fear and despair. It's like, oop, alert, 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 <laughs> unsafe territory, go back now. That's the way that I see it. So yeah, love, that's what life is about to me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing. So I, I um, want to ask you if you have anything to say, you have something to promote or where people can find you actually. And your website, yeah. I'll still put all those in the description. So you should, um, anything you want to say right now, just say it. Okay. Oh my gosh, so much pressure. If you want to say anything <laughs> right now, say it. As if I haven't been talking for an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, people can find me uh, on Instagram at naturallyfree123. That's my personal page. And then at Wellspring Words. that's wellspring words page and um check out our websites i mean the link in the bio and the the instagram profiles you can find everything but also bynkem.co bynkem.co is my my personal um website and wellspringwords.love is for wellspring words i've got um depending on when you listen to this because these are kind of you know people listen to podcasts at any moment so just check out uh, wellspring words workshops to see if we have any online workshops or any instagram lives where we do writing sessions uh we bring in you know guest writers who teach us something and we have a chat about the writing life but also now during the summer i am have open enrollment for a new program that i'm starting it's a group coaching writing coaching program it's called heart translation and it's going to be from october to no in to end of november this year so uh, enrollment is open now and you can find the information on my personal website. Um, yeah, just go there to writing coaching and you'll see it. But it's really going to be a great course. It's like combining all this personal development, spiritual development, understanding and writing like into the writing process and through the program, you produce a poetry collection or a personal narrative collection. So you're actually working towards something, developing your writing skills, exploring different genres and writing techniques, developing community and deepening into yourself. So everything that you express becomes more authentic and significant to you before it gets potentially judged or evaluated by the external community. So I think it's going to be really beautiful. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for listening to the end. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and you know, all that good stuff. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, don't forget to reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Hinted Neuron. So that's it for me this week. And until then, stay curious.